back quarterback number 19 Bernie Bernie oh yeah how oh, you can throw yeah 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 Bernie Bernie oh baby Super Bowl all right, everybody. Welcome to the 63rd episode of Six Bees and a P, our 11th of this fourth season of ours here on AquabearLegion.com. I'm your host, Brian Costco, joined by co-hosts this week, Chris Poland. Hello. And after a few weeks off, Ian Wolf. Black Messiah. That's right, Ian. Is that right? That was D'Angelo, right? That's D'Angelo. Okay, I ruined your lead in there. Ian uh, is a white D'Angelo, essentially. We should just say right now, America. So there you have it. I mean, I know radio doesn't have visuals, but... No, imagine like a a, a much fatter, uh, balder, whiter D'Angelo. Yeah, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Browns. Lose to the Ravens, thirty-three to twenty-seven, to fall to a league worst, two and nine, uh, and continue their downfall. Well, they they're pretty much plateaued at the bottom at this point, but they got the number one pick, so that's exciting. Defense absolutely horrendous. I want to get through a few quick things, and then I think mostly I want to talk about just the last couple minutes of this game before we go into other stuff, because that's where really the unbelievable things started to happen. But uh, Did both of you guys watch the game? I, was I did. Getting, I was getting I, lots of texts. I did. I watched. I didn't see most of the third quarter, but I did see the first half. I mi- yeah. I missed the first half. Uh, it was kind of falling along on my phone, and then we got it in right at yeah, second half. So, yeah. yeah, there was some funny stuff I meant to kind of look through as well while we were going. There's some funny things brought up in our text message thread, as usual. Uh, a few moments of the game that I, you know, forget without going back and looking at this thing, which is good, good record to have. But the defense horrendous. I mean, I think that's kind of one way to sum it up. It's been the same thing every game is kind of what I've realized. It's a, a awful and terrible combination of literally one of the worst defenses in the league, if not the worst. The worst running game in the league. We'll talk about that later. Pretty much the worst offense, even though in passing we're ranked 11th. We'll talk about that later, too. So, I mean, that's how much the rushing is dragging them down. They're still one of the worst in total offense. Then on top of that, just completely inept play calling and strategy, from what I'm gathering. And then the third thing, which is even worse, especially when those other two are going full speed, is penalties, turnovers, and just, like, stupidity. And then, you know, injuries. I mean, our first string guys aren't any good, and so our second and third string ones are even worse. Right. So yeah. everything that could be bad about this team is bad about this team. For the most part, I would say the one thing that's not has been the quarterback play pretty much from all of these guys. And when I started to think about that, none of them, like, don't get me wrong, McCown was like, what is he, 0-8 or 1-7 or some shit as a starter? Like, he sucks. It's not like he's a good quarterback. He's still a Hall of Fame quarterback. Naturally. But he's not a good quarterback at this juncture. I'm comparing him kind of Peyton Manning right now. Like he's fallen a little bit. But he still, you know, has a whole 
bevy of victory under his belt. So, McCown, Manziel, and then our newest addition to the back of the long quarterback jersey, Austin Davis. I don't know if anyone had Week 12. I meant to go look to see if anyone in our pool had Week 12 for Austin Davis showing up, but he's here now. Uh, they're not really the problem. It's, and the offensive line, even for the passing game, isn't the problem, I wouldn't argue. They obviously aren't blocking for the run, but you know Benjamin's in the top ten, I think, in receiving. Uh, Barnage is having a great year. Duke Johnson, out of the backfield, catching balls. Yeah, he, which is great because he can't run out of the backfield with them. I just I don't, don't understand why they don't just go with him as the number one back the rest of the year because Isaiah Crowell sucks. Crowell is terrible. I don't even know how much I really saw him. I mean, like I said, I missed the first half, but, you know, it was pretty – I mean, that's the thing. I also – a few things. Josh Gruden's great, and I love hearing him announce a game. I think that made it worthwhile. And I love how upset he was, personally upset and genuinely upset that – both Johnny Manziel and Dwayne Bow were not in the game. <laughs> He's just sitting there on the bench. Put him in the game. You're paying Dwayne Bow nine million dollars. <laughs> he kept calling him Dwayne Bow too. He never just said Bow. It was great. Uh, but McCown, of course, starting this game. Johnny Manziel. We talked about this a little bit last week, but we did last week's episode as this news was breaking. Uh, Johnny Manziel partying. He had to party on the bye week because he's, you know, obviously he really didn't rehab and rehab, which is fine. But apparently when you tell – it's not, though, when you tell, like, the team that invested a bunch of money in you that you're good and you finally have your chance. He threw for 375 fucking yards last week. Like, he was the number one starter going into a totally winnable game. That I honestly think if he had played, the Browns probably would have won because the Ravens didn't play very well. And – you know, he blows that opportunity, and Austin Davis ends up getting a shot because McCown goes down. Because, you know, John Football. It's in the DJ booth. <laughs> Sipping that, uh, popping that Chris, I think. Popping that, yeah, popping that Chris, hitting up the, uh, the Brute Champagne. <laughs> Tugging on a Carlo Rossi. <laughs> Doing the, yeah, did you ever do that back in college, Ian? No, Carlo Rossi. Yeah. The Carlo Rossi, like, bought over the shoulder. <laughs> I don't know that. Like, where you drink so much of it at once. Like, it's like, you know, it's one of those great college drinking, like, inventions where, like, the main goal is, like, even if you want to stop, more booze will still go down your throat while you're trying to stop. Yeah, so it's a non-consensual drinking. Right. I have drink. no idea what you guys are talking about. That's because you luckily don't like alcohol. You know, you sling it over your shoulder. Yeah, it's kind of a sling, yeah. sort of. You know what I'm talking about, Ian? Like oh. drunken master. Sort of. You kind of put two fingers through the the jug handle, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that is like drunken master. And then you sort of tip it back over your shoulder. I used to do it with these hippie kids that lived next to me in the dorms. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so McCown gets hurt. Find out today, actually, on Tuesday, that broken collarbone, he's out for the year. And Austin Davis comes in, future Hall of Fame quarterback. Yep, pretty much. So I want to, quick, before we get into the last few minutes of this game, explain why I now hate Josh McCown forever. <sighs> it Please. finally happened. 
the motherfucker broke his collarbone, all right? Mm-hmm. And then basically was like, I'm good to Patton. And obviously wasn't. And well, then right after that, that ball he threw before he collapsed on the field. He couldn't even walk. Last time I checked, he didn't break his legs. Like, I understand it hurts to break your collarbone and be a dumbass and go out there for a throw again. I'm sure that hurt real bad. But he threw that ball, like, 20 yards away from that guy. <laughs> and it's like, come on, man. Like, you know you broke your shit, right? You have to know you broke your collarbone. Well, I mean, that's also going to be hung on uh, Patton. It's, Most he, definitely. You can't let the players decide whether they're going into the game or not. Exactly. Like, clearly fucked up. And so I should mention there, it's not just that I hate McCown now. I'm totally – fuck Patton. I'm, I'm on it now. Yeah, okay. I you know, I used to think that, like, maybe you keep, like, we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I don't know which one of you guys or both of you were on this episode. We were talking about the Bengals and the difference between, like, you know, Marvin Lewis kind of being the guy there for, you know, whatever, 16 years or some shit, you know, and we're just, like, plodding along with all these terrible coaches. And I thought for a while that, you know, if you got rid of Farmer and you got rid of the coordinators and you kind of gave Petten the hot seat a little bit next year, like, that's it, that's it, that's it. But fuck it, like he sucks, and unbelievably terrible play calling at the end of that game. Well, it mean, was at the end of that game, at you know, clock management, end of half, end of game have been a problem all year. All They've year, been a problem and forever. It's or true, maybe not forever, but, but often. Yeah. No, this year has been incredibly bad. I think if you went back and looked. That's what I guess gets me, right? And I want to talk about the last few minutes of this game here in a minute. Before that, just as kind of an overarching topic, what really drives me nuts is I think, and I'm not trying to be one of those guys that does the whole what-if kind of thing. We try not to do that too much on here. But these games, like some of them have been close games, last few minutes, bad play calling, bad timeout calling, like that kind of shit, or like one, you know, or basically if the defense was even half, like, not as bad as they are, the Browns would probably be like 6-5 and five right now. The defense is so terrible that this is a Browns team that's like, I mean, they've obviously had a few blowouts when they've totally shit the bed, but they're like scoring points, and I don't know how, because they're terrible. And in any other year, they would have won a bunch of games. But they're so bad, they're still losing games where they're scoring 27 points. Yes. That's something. Like, that's a fucking feat, man. You know? And, like, yeah, like, McCown and Manziel haven't been, like, you know, like, good enough to carry the offense, obviously. But, like, they are literally, were dead last in rushing. I think we got... I don't know, they didn't even see the rushing stats from Sun, or Monday night, but they couldn't have been good. No, I don't know. I'll look right now. Hold on. Yeah. And I wanted to bring up, too, that, you know, and so anyway, it's just that it's really frustrating. So I think if, like, you had a slightly better defense and a better coach, they would be in a way better situation. I know it seems like a lot to ask for, but it used to be that that wasn't what you worried about for the Browns. Like, you usually had a pretty good defense. Browns ran for 63 yards. Yeah, like, that fucking sucks. 63 <laughs> yards? You're not winning a football game like that. On 18 carries, that 3.5 yards per carry is probably the best they've done all year. Yeah, they averaged 3.4, so that is ahead of their average. Uh, pretty incredible stuff. I mean, it's just, 
it's just unbelievable. And same thing, you know, with penalties and everything else. They make every mistake they can. Oh, I'm looking at these stats now. Baltimore turned the ball over twice. Cleveland didn't yep. turn it over at all. The Browns had yep. five more first downs and still lost. It's unbelievable. They lost last week, I think it was, when they – they've lost a few games recently where they've had the ball more than the other team. There was a game they lost where they had, like, 21 first downs. Like this like, one. That's <laughs> crazy. That's yeah. Downs. There you go. They, like – remember – I remember even doing this podcast, so even in the last four years, Browns games where they would get, like, three first downs, and it would just be like, oh, my God, this is the dark, depressing hour of me talking this out. Like, now it's not really that. Like, this – it's crazy. If you had told, I didn't think even going into this year that this was the kind of offense that could do that. I still don't think it's very good, but I guess the defense is that bad. Anyway, so Ravens also missing seven starters, but obviously I think this is a good example of a team that wanted to win this game more, even though they were also had a bad record, and a team that was like way better coached. I mean, all he had to do was not do anything, and Petten just fell and lost the game essentially. So the last few minutes of this football game, essentially, was kind of not very close for a little bit, and then the Browns tightened up and are down 27-20 to 20 with, like, a minute and a half left, and they're driving. And was this after? Didn't Dansby get, like, a pick six? Yeah, that was, like, at the start of the second half. Which was an awesome, very good thing to have happen, a non-Browns thing. And you felt like the momentum change in the crowd, the drunken Monday night crowd starts to get, like, yelly. <laughs> and it's just like, you're like, they're going to win this game. And you might driving. Be, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. You might be surprised to learn that the Browns statistically are not the worst defense in the NFL. That's incredible to me. New Orleans Saints are somehow. Oh, they're really bad. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that at least makes me feel a little bit better, I guess. And it's just they're, – so they're driving 27-20 to 20 down by a touchdown, minute and a half left or so, and Austin Davis looking pretty good and throws this, like, 50-yard touchdown to Travis Benjamin. Yeah, after stepping up in the pocket and not keeping his eye – or keeping his eyes downfield. It was, a it was unbelievable. Like – yeah, that was what I was impressed by. Was I don't know if I've seen a quarterback for the Browns. Like, McCown did that every once in a while when he wasn't, like, hurt, you know, which hasn't been much. But just, like, an actual quarterback. Not Johnny Manziel running around and missing the, like, first three reads he's supposed to have. Not Colt McCoy or Brandon Whedon. Like, it seemed like a quarterback. Threw this awesome touchdown to Benjamin. And the Browns tie the game. So I'm thinking even, like, going into overtime. This will be awesome. There's, like minute some left Ravens get the ball it's hopefully not enough time you know you got to hope the defense can hold them they need a touchdown field goal whatever you know to win but you think the defense can hold them and then Tremont Williams has an incredible interception which maybe. also maybe. what that may be the first good play he's made all year yeah totally literally the first good thing he's done all year that cost three million dollars the interception and he catches it, and the Browns get the ball back on the Baltimore 46-yard line with 50 seconds left and two timeouts. So all you need to do 
Travis Coons hasn't missed a field goal all year, but hasn't kicked one longer than 45 yards or 44 yards. So you get Travis Coon 15 yards in 50 seconds with two timeouts, which should be totally doable, right? Right. But it's not at all. Austin Davis makes a play with his brain and then runs, but doesn't get out of bounds. So he gets like... He slides like a yard short. Yeah, he gets like eight yards and slides. And then nobody even touches him, which is fine. You know, it's his like first game in forever. Like I'll even excuse that. But instead of calling a timeout, and I don't even again don't blame Davis here, like Petten, man. Instead of calling a timeout, the clock just runs, and it goes down to about nine seconds. Jesus. I think as they and then they run a play. They call a timeout. I think right. They literally lost 30 seconds, and then they run one more play. This is the even more amazing thing. They run one more play, like, at the 38, with where they run it to Duke Johnson, which is unbelievable to me. Like, I thought as soon as they, like, the offense came back out and not the field goal unit, I was like, they're going to throw it at the end zone. Like, give it a shot, and if that doesn't work, he's going to kick a long-ass field goal, right? Or you're going to get eight yards and call a timeout with one second left. They don't do either of those things. They run it one yard, lose a yard, I think, and run it to the left, and then Travis Coons comes out, kicks the worst field goal he has all year. I mean, it wouldn't have made it even if it didn't get immediately blocked by the Ravens. But on that play, not like it matters... One Raven is lined up in the neutral zone, like on photograph. And then the dude that picks the ball up after they block the field and runs it in for a touchdown in the most Browns moment ever also steps out of bounds. <laughs> but it doesn't really matter. I don't. I want to bring up both of those points because we're a bunch of Browns homers here on this podcast. I think it's important because this is two times it's totally right, both of those things. But the Browns didn't deserve to win that game. It was unbelievable to me, like, all of that in a row. And I kept getting more mad about it today because I, like, actually processed it. I mean, that should have been a 30-yard field goal. But Pettin's an idiot. Hey, the, the block and the return, that's not frustrating. That's Cleveland Browns football. Sure. That's going to happen. Probably more than you would like. But, yeah, it's it just... It's several times, yeah. It's... Getting yourselves out of those positions where those things can happen. And I think we talked about this earlier in the year, like putting the team in the best position to win. He's not doing that. Not at all. And it was just kind of unbelievable. Like, it ended, it went like, you know, everyone at the stadium, and we're going to, we have some sad Browns fans' reactions here at the end of the game. Some great videos online of guys, people at the stadium just screaming no. Like a, a weekly hour uh, audio representation of that guy ripping his Mingo jersey off. Yes, shredded Mingo jerseys in the stands. There's another guy who sucks ass. Barkevius Mingo, you're terrible at football. They kept showing these commercials during the game on the. I was watching on ESPN, like the streaming, and mm-hmm. it was for NFL Play 60. You know, like the moving kids campaign, move around. And the Browns were building a playground in Cleveland in it. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. And they showed it a couple times. And I just started to think, like, 
you better hope these guys are better at building playgrounds than they are at playing football. <laughs> in the grand scheme of, like, ability, right? Because ultimately, I see it like, you remember when on Simpsons when they rebuilt Ned Flanders' house? Yep. Like, that's the playground the Browns are building. Like, the kid, like, the, the most, like, cutest little kindergarten kid goes and runs and jumps up on the slide and collapses underneath them into a pile of, like, rubble and destruction. All because Barkevious Mingo didn't put any screws in. Sad Ooh, Browns yeah. fans. Just keep getting sadder. Everybody, and that's what else sucks. Everybody makes fun of the Browns and Browns fans when this shit happens. Rightfully so. Yeah. Let's make fun of the other team. That always makes us feel a little bit better. Ian, do we have theme music? Uh, you know, the Ravens don't deserve any fucking theme music. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck the fucking Ravens. Forever. Forever! And if we were to complain about it, we did already, sort of, but if we were to make a big deal out of it, right, that non-call for offsides, and there was also an illegal block in the back on that kickoff that I'm not bringing up, and that not out of bounds on that last play was super bullshit. Yeah, Are these things that the NFL have announced were errors by the officials? They or? actually, I believe, came out today and said neither of these things happened. So they didn't own up this time. They've done they've done a few this year where they've been like, yeah, we got that wrong, sorry. But the game result didn't get changed, which that would be even worse, I think. I'd ra- I mean, I, I'd rather we lost this game ultimately. I just didn't want to lose it like that. And, yeah, so if we were to complain about it, we would complain about that stuff because that was all a bunch of bullshit. Right? Yep. Yeah, totally. Right. And Joe Flacco, that guy sucks, but who sucks even worse than him? is Matt Schaub, who Brian Weeby described as looking like Gomer Pyle. Pick six king. Yeah, did you see that montage of pick sixes? <laughs> I no, did not. I missed that. That was, pretty, yeah, that was pretty incredible. Apparently, he is the only person, Matt Schaub, in NFL history to, in four straight games, throw an interception that went for a touchdown. That's really something. Like, that's incredible. And he's, st- like, that's the other thing at first. Like, I actually, when, we were get- when I was getting the outline together, I was putting there that, man, our defense is so bad, Matt Schaub looked good. And I went and looked at his stats, and he didn't play very good. No, he was really, really bad. And they still won. It's crazy. Uh, favorite name off the top of your head in any Ravens that you guys enjoy? Nah, fuck those guys. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, what, we, what can we say? Fuck them. Forever. Yeah. Death. <laughs> Forever. Just fuck them to death. Yeah, until either I or they are all dead. Yeah, right. Someone's dying. And speaking of people dying, <clears throat> God, I hate Ray Lewis so much. So is he a murderer, or is this the guy that hits women? He's a murderer. And he probably hits women, too. And I just hate him. He sucks, and I hate everything about him. And they did this post-game show. Everything he says just makes me want to fucking punch him in the face, which I'm not going to do because he's much bigger and stronger and faster than I am. He'll kill you. He's set He will, yeah. He has killed before, and I imagine only has more of a thirst for blood, right? I imagine so. 
So, yeah, we'll try to post some of those sad Browns fan reactions. I thought some of them were particularly amazing. Just people going, no! Maybe we'll play some at break. No, 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 no! No. Ugh. There's a crazy Joker laugh in there, too. Yeah. Oh, Browns. I did see a great banner in the end zone that they took a picture of at the end of the game that said... We still have LeBron. <laughs> so the Cavs doing all right right now. So if I remember correctly, at the beginning of the year, I predicted this team would go two and fourteen, something like that. Yeah, I think they might. I think you're probably right. I think they might beat the 49ers because they're fucking oh, that old. I mean, I mean, given the record, the Browns will fuck up the first pick, but it'd be nice to see like a Joey Bosa. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Or maybe they could just trade it to someone else so that they don't have to play football anymore. <laughs> maybe they should move the Browns to Baltimore again. There you go. Just build playgrounds. Just have go around and build playgrounds? Yeah. That could work. I do want to mention uh, two quick on air. We're going to go to break after this, and then we'll. I want to talk about the Browns in the context of the NFL. We're going to do some news and notes, check in on the draft, some Browns of Browns history stuff. Um, but well, I, me, you, Ian did not was not there. But me and Chris got a chance to meet Brian Weeby and Michelle's baby. Oh yeah, because nobody told me they were going to be in the state. Oh, <clears throat> sore, sore subject. A little bit. Yeah. Would you have come? Uh, if I could have, yeah. <laughs> That's a very vague answer. Why didn't I? Don't know when it was. Nobody's told me anything. I just saw people. all hypotheticals. When was it? Saturday. I would have come. No, you would have said that no matter what I said. Wednesday morning. I wasn't. I would have come. <laughs> I actually wasn't doing anything all day Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, I hope whoever made that decision feels bad. Yeah. Randy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna yeah, go to break. <laughs> what? Is it Randy's house? Never mind. No, it wasn't at Randy's house. <clears throat> Wouldn't you be so mad if I told you it was in Columbus? I'd be so mad. It wasn't. That's okay. You guys come to Columbus all the time and don't tell me. I don't. I came there actually. I was there yesterday. Uh huh. And Chris, how was that Russian Circles show? Or no, the other one, Barrett's. It was great, man. They were phenomenal. Would have been worse if you were there. I wouldn't have gone. It was sold out. Seeing my friends is all. I just went. Went. I was just there for like an hour yesterday during the day. That's fine. Is it? No. Okay. Well, we're going to play, to make you feel better and give you some people to go along with your sadness, let's play some sad Browns reactions to that field goal. Take a break. We'll be back. Six Bs and a P. AquabearLegion.com. Travis Coons for the win. And it's blocked. And it's picked up by Will Hill. Will Hill runs down the sideline. Hill's going to get a block. Will Hill is going to win the game on a blocked field goal. It's a pick six, and the Ravens find a way to win. They will pick the extra point. It is a 
yard return. And now for the moment here, although the coaches are congratulating and consoling each way, they got to clean it up. Let's see who blocked this field goal. They have been, they have been, been our guy, number 96, Brent Urban from Virginia, who's playing his first game tonight. Six foot seven. The announcement made by Brad Allen that we need to have the extra point to complete this game. Urban was the fourth round pick last year. He was on IR all of 2014 with a knee injury. Was put on injured reserve this year. Designated to return with a biceps injury. This is his NFL debut tonight, and he blocks it. And Will Hill from Florida takes it back. Kelly, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, and I'm listening to Six Peas in a Pot. <laughs> Something like that. All right, we're back here. Six Peas in a P on AquabearLegion.com. All guests via the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Fresh Line. Get your ass down to Bourbon Street. Eat some pierogi. I ate lunch with that guy like a very late lunch yesterday. Oh. No. Huh. Not. <laughs> didn't invite him. Nope. It was like 4 o'clock. You were at work. It's like maybe you guys are eating lunch in Dublin and I could have joined you. Who the fuck is going to Dublin, dude? I work, dude. Yeah, nobody's going there to like enjoy Dublin. <laughs> are they? There's that one Yeah. There's one maybe it's Hilliard. There is like one place in one of the like old downtowns of one of those places, good food. Like a Cuban restaurant or something. Oh, I think a Starliner? Yes. I've never been there. I think that's in Dublin somewhere. Yeah, Dublin, yeah. And we went to Little Palace, which I enjoy. Uh, I do enjoy Little Palace quite a bit. That uh, Mexican place next to that, El Camino, is really good, too. Mm-hmm. There you have it. This is uh, a precursor for cooking with Ian. <laughs> Our foodie podcast. We are going to start... I, I was talking to Todd the other night, who I do Aqua Bear with, about wanting to do more podcast stuff. So I think Aqua Bear is going to hopefully try to do some more. I know we joke about some of this stuff, but I would love if either of you guys did some stuff. About anything, really. I'm hoping I'm starting a new website about Ohio history, Midwest history, and I'm hoping to maybe do like a podcast every month or six weeks for that. So, cool. Mary uh, uh, Dan Carlin here. Yeah, trying to not work. We should just start a podcast network. Yeah, that goes over great for everybody involved, always. Yeah, everybody makes lots of money. Everybody getting rich off podcasts. There you go. Our flagship. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Our flagship product is this Browns podcast where we sometimes don't talk about the Browns much at all. I think I'm, I'm pretty much done talking about the Browns for all for the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, we got a few things, Browns-related things, that don't actually have to do with the Browns. Let's see. Let's, well, I got some stats. I started to realize this has everything to do with the Browns. I lied. These next two things do. The Browns... What's that? Sex? Maybe stats. stats should read the stats. Stats. Read the stats. 
All right, we have stats. Uh, Browns stats versus is back. Can we get some theme music? <laughs> stats is back. <laughs> it's me, Stats. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Browns are tied for last in rushing with the Detroit Lions. Uh, this is prior to Monday night's game, I'm assuming, or no? No, um... Well, I don't know. I looked at it on ESPN. I'm not sure if Monday night was included. It was today that I looked. Oh, then it would probably be current. So, yeah, yes, the Browns, 819 yards in 11 games. That is what you call sad as fuck. 3.4 yards per carry. Two rushing touchdowns. Two Ouch. rushing touchdowns for the Cleveland Browns this year. You Yikes. compare that to number one in rushing Minnesota Vikings, of scrotum splitter Adrian Peterson. Yeah, that's uh, 1,600 yards, 5 yards a carry, 12 touchdowns. Much better. Leading our, our beloved, maybe, Browns to being number 26 in total offense. Helped largely in part by being 11th in total passing yards. It's really the only thing that brings them up to 26, which shows you how bad that is. It is truly god-awful. We have a lot of passing yards. I mean, McCown had, like, Two, three games over 300, and that one was like 450. Cleveland Browns single uh, game passing yard record holder Josh McCown. <laughs> and now we have broken him and dropped him off in a bag somewhere. I have a theory about quarterbacks, actually, in Cleveland Browns. Go ahead and then get to those last couple stats. Yeah, so you notice every time a new quarterback comes in, one we haven't seen before, for like two or three drives, he's the best thing ever, and everybody falls in love. Yeah. We need I to start quarterbacks at two or three drives as a Cleveland Brown. Oh, and just bring in a different one. Yeah, bring in a different one every time. Like once, that, once you'll cut them. I want to add that to our year-long theories on how to fix the Browns. We're going to add that officially to the um, get the Ohio State players as some sort of like AAA team for NFL. Find both juniors or children of people that are already really good at any sport and then yeah. just people people that are good at any other sports. Serena Williams. Serena Williams. Well, she wouldn't have missed that fucking field goal. Actually, she probably would have. She got goddamn cannon legs, man. We talking about? She does have cannon legs. Austin Davis is good for like one more series. He is, and then we should bring in, I imagine, Thad Lewis. And I can't bring him back once he's there. He's gone. Yeah, Is that the deal? And out. Or drive. Yeah. Two drives. Two drives and out. You can't well. recycle him. You can't grow over Cleveland it. Completely disposable. Mm. It just tossed him into the lake. What are the last two uh, stats there, stats? Uh, the Browns are tied for 29th in the league in sacks with 16, which is pathetic. Yeah, very much so. Uh, they have given up. Oh, this is a fun stat. I just saw this. Uh, the number one team in sacks in the NFL is Denver with 37. The Browns have given up 38 sacks. Nice. So yeah. if everyone that played the Browns were a team, they would lead the league in sacks? Yes. Probably, <laughs> right? That's how bad the Browns are. When you said earlier that the pass blocking has been okay, I don't think really that it has. All right, but there you go. That is a... Pretty gnarly stat. All of the teams in the top ten, yeah, have been over 30 sacks. So I just want to point that out because most of these things that I we were looking at, I noticed not only were the Browns terrible and in last or near last, 
the teams that were in the top five and especially in the top three, or in this case the top ten, all would have double what the Browns had. Like, so it's not even just simply a matter of being worse. Like, we have half as many rushing yards as the Minnesota Vikings. It's fucking crazy. So, uh, yeah, the Browns are 28th in points per game with 19.4. While giving up, I just looked this up also, I think 28.2 per game. Yep. Arizona, number one, at 32 points a game uh, of offense. And I think Cincinnati was the number one defense at 17.5 points per game allowed. Yep, just in case you were starting to feel better about how bad this team is. And these guys are historically bad. It's gonna we're get talking bad. about uh, you know, the offense not being bad. But they showed a stat during the game, like, you know, only 39% of Browns drives that make it to the red zone into the touchdown. Wow. That's nuts. Last in the NFL, of course. Unbelievable. Ugh. All right. Uh, breaking news and notes. do 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 Terrell Pryor's back. Huh. Really the only good news I saw today. Most of the other stuff was bad news. Like, oh, dude stepped out of bounds. Oh, Josh McCown broke in half. Oh, you're still not naming a starter, you fucker. Stone Cold Steve Austin-ass bitch. <laughs> but Terrell Pryor's back. Yes. His father, Richard Pryor's birthday. That's... Um... Leave that one alone. Yeah, probably best. But yeah, they signed him. Obviously, they decided it might benefit from having a receiver over five nine. Well, Dwayne Bowe is over five nine, but as I think John Gruden said, he hasn't been open since he got to Cleveland. Well, that's debatable. We've seen the ball literally hit him in the face and hands, right? Got it a couple times. He's been targeted. Uh, also, what are your feelings? on these quarterbacks. Obviously, I wanted to ask everybody, Manziel, you know, McCown out for the year. Manziel had a little trouble. We talked a little bit about it last week, but we didn't hit on everything. What do you think going forward? It's got to be Manziel. Uh, you know what? I When I first heard about Manziel getting demoted, I was like, I mean, I was done with Pettin before, but I guess I was more done with Pettin. Right. Uh, but hearing the details of it, um, I don't know. I can't necessarily disagree with benching him. Yeah, yeah, the lying and all of that, you mean? Yeah, the lying. Like they, I guess they talked to him like before the break, saying, hey, this is what's expected of you now as our starting quarterback, and he, he like, yeah, swore to toe the line, and then obviously he didn't, and then lied about it and tried to get his friends to lie about it too for yeah. him. It's pretty hilarious. Uh, I mean, the kid's a twat. Always will be. There's no getting around that, but we're not paying him to not be a twat. Right. right. No. I mean, that's... I yeah. guess as we're... I guess as that's my thing is it's sort of um, you had to know what you were getting, right, when you yeah. drafted this guy? But I don't know. I mean, do you look at Austin Davis the rest of the year? Obviously, we know one more good drive. <laughs> well, you guys know my theory. It's a good think? theory. It's a pretty good theory. I don't know. I guess we'll get to see probably both of them since it's Cleveland and they still have five <laughs> games left. I have a feeling. Um, I can see, I'm guessing at least one more quarterback that's not presently on the roster. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of exciting. That's kind of exciting, right? What I'm going to go do, and we'll come back to it a little bit later in the episode. Right now I am looking up for Asian QBs to who we might get to choose from. Asian QBs? Sure, maybe they could be Asian. 
Free agent. Oh. Free agent QBs. Draft check-in. Uh, Browns. Oh, wait, I have a trivia question for you guys. Oh, oh. Which Browns coach since 1999 has coached the most games? As a Browns coach? Yes. As a Browns coach. Because other coaches, when coaches, when they leave the Browns, are no longer NFL head coaches, right? They usually are. Correct. I don't think any of them have been, actually, right? I don't think so. Is it Butch Davis? Uh, no, very close. He is actually two games short of Romeo Crennel. Yeah, that's my other guess. Yeah, I think Davis. that's right. Those are the top two. I'm pretty sure it was Davis as the second. Man. Yeah. Pretty amazing, huh? Yep. Romeo. Where's he That now? guy, man. He's somewhere, isn't he? He has a coordinator. I mean, he's obviously. He's, he's good. He's a coordinator. I think you know. I think he's. I think he's a defensive coordinator at in San Francisco or something. Oh, they're no good. Nah, they're <laughs> terrible. They're terrible. That's like really bad stuff. Michael Vick. Wait, no, this is from, like, months ago. Are we just saying names now? <laughs> you can say a name. Mike Vick. Name, Chris. Mike Vick. Marcus Vick. Mike. Uh, Vick's VapoRub. All right. <laughs> draft check-in. Draft check-in. Browns are still number one nice. in the draft. That's pretty good, right? And yeah. there's no worry about that win over the Ravens being a tiebreaker that hurts them because they lost. And uh, ugh, let's talk about some more successful time for the Cleveland Browns in this installment of Famous Browns and Browns History. Famous Browns and Browns History. This week, joining illustrious company like Max Speedy, Turkey Jones, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and last week's unbelievable Michael Dean Perry is Gary Collins. Great name, right? Great name. Yeah. It's a fun Gary name. Gary Collins and played for the Browns from 1962 to 1971 and as a result won the last Cleveland Browns championship and also the last Cleveland Sports Championship in 1964. He was on that team. But Gary Collins was a was a badass, besides the fact that he was on this really good Browns team. He was not only a wide receiver, he was also a punter. Like he he's, did both. He's still alive. Still alive. We'd love to have you on the show, Gary. Yeah. Motherfucker, according to this, was number 86. Though right beneath that is a picture of him wearing number 82. <laughs> oh, that's in college. He went to Maryland. And he's... Yeah, go Terps. He two Pro Bowls and as a member of the NFL 1960s All-Decade Team. What? Yeah. He was picked with the fourth pick in the draft by the Browns, immediately became the starting punter, and became like a backup receiver for famous Ray Renfro, which is a nickname I just made up. But then he just started snagging touchdowns. And... Uh, him and Frank Ryan got 13 touchdowns together, the Browns quarterback at the time. Nice. And, yeah. 
And then what is amazing is not only was he on the team in 64 that won the NFL championship, but was the MVP of the championship game, which, of course, became the Super Bowl a couple of years later. And he caught three touchdowns, but the Browns upset the Colts 27 nothing. So, yeah. And he motherfucker was still punting as well during all of this. Motherfucker. Punting motherfucker. Punting ass motherfucker. Punter fucker. So, in 1965, after they won the championship, he got 50 receptions for 884 yards, but he also had an average of 46.7 yards a punt. And then uh, made another uh, Pro Bowl appearance, 67. Had to give up his punting duties and suffered a shoulder injury, some ribs and stuff, you know. But, yeah. And then he became an insurance agent in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Brown's leader in career receiving touchdowns. Yeah, that's actually, that's pretty. I mean, seventy touchdowns is pretty, and averaged forty-one yards a punt as a punter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has had been uh, his supporters of Collins have launched a quiet campaign to, according to Wikipedia, to elect him to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's apparently got the same numbers as Lynn Swan. What the fuck? Yeah. There you have it. We'd love to have you on the show. So that's this week's. He didn't have a burger at McDonald's named after him. It would be like the Gary Collins pancake breakfast, I imagine, if it did. But So, yeah, he'll join the illustrious class of famous Browns in Browns history. Nice. Yeah. God bless go. him. Huh? So God bless him. Yeah, it's a good man. He might be a terrible person, for all I know, honestly. Did you guys see that New York Times thing about the Planned Parenthood shooting where they, in an early draft of an article that went up, described him as a gentle loner? <laughs> he also, later on, also was like, yeah, he like basically hit and beat the shit out of people and was like violent towards women. Yeah, he's a gentle loner. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think... I know people talked about this a lot, but I've never gotten an answer from anyone. Do they just pick a middle name... When you go crazy and kill a bunch uh, of people, like well, my understanding is, it's to help minimize cases of mistaken identity. Like if you know, oh, that makes sense. Like it makes it easier to identify. Like that. I always, I've waited for one of my friends to go off the deep end so I could find out. So they're like Ian Jacob Wolf <laughs> barricaded a hundred people in the library. Give it time, man. Yeah. They can play more games with me. You guys can play that patchwork quilt game. That only needs one other person. That's not really newsworthy. Okay. You don't necessarily need to create a hostage situation. No, not necessarily. I think right. if it's just one person, it's just kidnapping. It's not really a hostage situation. Right. I feel like that's almost worse. You think? What do you think is worse? Kidnapping or. Uh, kidnapping <laughs> someone or taking hostages? Sherry? Yeah. It's a good question. Kidnapping is really personal. Like, you've chosen that person. The right. Hostages, you're in a situation where all these people just happen to be here. It's true. Well, they don't, that's not exactly true. No, that's, I don't think that's a correct... Like, I don't think a hostage situation yet is a bunch of people who just happen to have been there. I mean, it is. What? Yeah, it is. You're right. Sherry's... <laughs> Sherry at first is giving me a look at, like, what do you, I thought this is good stuff we're talking about. Like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> But you're, what I'm, 
what I'm trying to say is if you rob a bank, you're going into it like knowing you're going to take some hostages too. Yeah, but you don't care who they are. If you kidnap someone, you think everybody cares who the person they've kidnapped is? everybody, but, like, I mean, you have at least a, a reason. Like, it's either, like, a, a, you know, an estranged child or uh, somebody that you have interest in having. <laughs> I couldn't finish that thought. Um, it, yeah, 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 I was going. We're moving on. All right. FBI, if you need to find me, I'll let you know. Look, I've just got a van. It's just, it's a nondescript van. I need to do things with it. I don't have a band to move gear around, so what else you do with a van is you just snatch people off the street. There you go. Like the Night Stalker, or Night Slasher, what does it? Or the Night <laughs> Fucker from Goodbye <laughs> Goats. True, but he fucks you in the night. Yeah, so does Ian. <laughs> Cue up the Tweet of the Week music. It's the Tweet of the Week. Should we start with the Bernie Tweets of the Week, or the... Non-Bernie. Always. Which one? <laughs> Just always. All right, I'm going to move non-Bernie to the next page because the one has a really great image that gets cut off if it's on two pages here. So we'll start. Ian, do you want to do Bernie's? Sure. Uh, it, it one of them once, is. I saw the stream of the game and it made me happy. Uh, right after Austin Davis's. Uh, Touchdown drive, says one uh, Bernard Kozar, quarterback. Austin Davies, a beautiful 71 TD drive to Travis B. No space between Travis and B. And the block by Duke, in all caps. Gaines, exclamation point, excellent football. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's, it's great because there's – you know, at first you're like, come on, Bernie, you can't get the name of the quarterback right. But I'm looking at a lot of other tweets, and Bernie just has a problem with names. In one other tweet, which I almost picked, he calls the former uh, running back, NFL running back great Earl Campbell, he calls him Earl Campell. <laughs> like C-A-M-P-H-E-L-L. Campell. Campbell. And it's amazing because he's actually responding to another tweet that – Spells Campbell correctly. So, like, he's got a reference right there. If he, not I, sure, but he doesn't care. Well, the, I guess the B and the H are right next to each other on the keyboard. Campbell. Campbell. Huh. Uh, Chris, did you want to read the other Bernie one, or do you want to take one of the other non-Bernie ones? I'm happy to do whichever you'd like me to. Mm, I'll do the other Bernie one here. Okay. Bernie retweeting Cleveland Clothing Company, who he's been doing some great uh, collaborations with and amazing Twitter conversations, because <laughs> Bernie doesn't really know how it works, I don't think, but he knows how to make all the options work. He just doesn't understand what he's doing. Retweets Cleveland Clothing Company at Clee Clothing Co., who says, headed to the hashtag Cavs game tonight. Make sure to stop by our at East 4th Street shop and support Small Biz Saturday. And they got, you know, an Instagram post of some shirts and, you know, things down there at their shop. Bernie retweets this and just adds, I do like UR shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and then two non-Bernie tweets on the next page. I, uh, one of you guys want to take one, I'll take the other. Sure. I'll do uh, McNeil at 
what is it? Reflog or Reflog? I'm not sure. Or 18. Or H. This just in. Cleveland Browns QB Josh McCown, untimely death, questionable for Sunday's game. And there's a picture of a gravestone with Josh McCown, 1979 to 2015. He gave us the best chance to win on Sunday. <laughs> I also love that. Yeah, I also love that the website Tombstone Builder <laughs> exists yeah. in the. Someone made one for Josh McCown. <laughs> and my favorite tweet in some time, also kind of a nice segue to that Josh McCown tombstone, is from one of my favorite Twitter accounts, Fake Jimmy Haslam, at Fake Haslam from earlier on Tuesday. Petten just told the players that McCown was taken to a farm upstate where he can run around with Brady Quinn, Brandon Whedon, and Ken Dorsey. <laughs> That's uh, clever. Yeah. So there you have it. Those are your various tweets. Tweet eye of the week. Browns play the Bengals next Sunday, the 6th. I will oh, probably boy. do a quick episode after that. But yeah, we're going to do just probably a few more this year. I mean, there's five games left. I imagine you'll probably get a couple more podcasts out of it. It's kind of. You know, there's stuff to talk about, but they just keep losing. It's kind of tough to, tough to you know, talk about losing in different ways. We're gonna to try to do our uh, live episode again. I think that'd be a great idea. When do you, when should we do it? Probably around Christmas. Yeah, maybe that Sunday after if everybody's around. Yeah, I'm into that. Live episodes are always pretty fun. So yeah, look for that. There'll definitely be a couple more. That you know. We'll do our best. Uh, I want to get Luke. Luke's only been on for one episode, and he has a three-episode deal. Oh, shit. What did you say? He reneges on that contract. What did he... Uh, I don't know. I don't think there's anything built into that. Didn't he get insurance on that? No. Did he manager school? Yeah. I have not. I'm spending all my time in hosting school. I can't do it all. I can't double major... Manager school. But yeah, we'll get Luke on again and you know, hopefully some other folks get Dave. Brian's gonna come back too, you know, he's busy not sleeping at the moment. But he'll be back. And yeah. There you go. Browns Bengals, there's no way they win that one probably, right? No. Yeah, they're gonna get killed. It's in Cleveland though, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, Who cares? So was that game last night. You're right, they're one and four in Cleveland. (laughs) Or one and three yeah, or something. It doesn't matter. Oh, this team right. sucks. This sucks. We'll find some stuff to talk about, though. Thanks for joining <laughs> me, dudes, for another episode of this show. I'll, I'll see you Sunday, Saturday, I mean. Yeah, we'll drink some beers together. Yeah, absolutely. And, Chris, I'll see you soon as well, too. Hopefully, yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, go Browns, maybe. I don't know. Go for a walk outside Sunday instead of watching it. be better for you, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and uh, thanks, AquabareLegion.com. You're one source for force. Go look. We got our band camp going. I'm still adding stuff to it. So the streaming on the site for all the free music is much cleaner and, and easier to use. And you can stream Aquabare Volume 5, our new comp, and uh, buy it if you want. And then you can also, for the first time for free, stream Aquabear Volume 4, which was like 38 bands. There's a bunch of awesome songs on that. 
go take a listen. But we put up some old shit and everything, too, so what? there's lots to listen to. What's that address, Ryan? AquaBearLegion.com, and the band camp is AquaBearLegion.bandcamp.com. But you can just go to our site. If you go to AquaBearLegion.com, we embedded that shit. It's 2015. Yeah. Oh, man. Killer. I know, right? So, uh, yeah, go Browns. Go Browns. Browns. Burn it, burn it. Oh, whoa. I love your shirts. 